Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jody Mullen, and welcome to Freakishly Well-Behaved Kids. Um, I just want to say before I really get started to that I am a little bit nervous, and um, this is my first show ever, so I hope you'll be patient and stick with me while it may not be the most um, nuanced show. Um, hopefully, you'll get all the, some of the information that you're hoping to get, and um, have a good time while you're listening. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about um, the premise of this show. First of all, um, I, you know, as it says in my bio, I'm a mental health counselor. I specialize in working with children, and I've been doing so for about 20 years now. And one of the things that I've learned about, um, ch- or from children and about children over the years, is that we could all, myself included, do a better job in parenting. Um, so. I've learned those lessons from children throughout my time as a mental health counselor. And then I was really lucky to have my training and my experience as a mental health counselor and play therapist before I had my own children. So a lot of my own parenting has been informed um, by the kids that I have been honored and to work with in this capacity. So I wanted to share those things with you. I wanted to let you know what the children have taught me um, because it really has made an impact on the way I parent my own children and on the way I coach parents to parent their children. And the the results are amazing. They're freakish. So that's part of how we got the term uh, freakishly well-behaved kids or children. And because that's a common... Um, observation that people have with my own children. They say, like, your children are freakishly well-behaved. You have the best-behaved children I've ever seen. And and I I wanted to say that I thought this was kind of important to say, that that might, that might be genetic. I was a really well-behaved child, according to my mom and dad um, and my extended family. But my husband wasn't. So unless I only got my DNA with regard to um, behaving well, that um, probably we can rule that out. The other is that uh, we got lucky, and perhaps we got lucky, and perhaps there's a little bit of genetic um, influence here, but what I really think has made the difference in the way that we parent are these lessons that I've learned from children. So I actually have a book coming out um, next year called Blissful Parenting, and it's 20 Principles for Raising Freakishly Well-Behaved and Chronically Happy Kids. And all these principles, these 20 principles, um, have been informed by actual children um, that I've worked with as a counselor or have had the luxury to come to know in other capacities. So I just wanted to let you know that's how we got started. So our first principle that we're going to talk about, the one I'm going to focus on in this show, is called Catch Me Being and Behaving Good. And I have a guest with me today. This is my friend and colleague, um, June Rickley. And one of the reasons I invited June to um, join the show today is because Um, unlike myself, I had all this training and experience before I became a parent. June, who's also a mental health counselor and a play therapist, um, learned this 
after her children were grown. So um, June is a parent of adult children and a grandmother of three. And she's going to just um, start off by, welcome, June. <laughs> Hi. Um, June, thanks. She's just going to start off by talking a little bit about what it's like when you raise children without knowing these basic principles that we've learned from kids. So would you go ahead, June, and tell us a little bit about that? And thank you very, very much for doing this. Okay, no problem. Oh, boy, do you really want to know what it's like with <laughs> what it was like before I learned all of this? <laughs> um, I do. I guess I would, I, okay, I guess I would have to first of all say that um, luckily I have raised three very wonderful people, um, uh, and, and seeing my oldest be a father, um, he and his and my daughter-in-law are wonderful parents. Um, my other two children are—they're they're great people. So I want to—I want to first preface this by saying that um, I think the difference is that I could have gotten—I could have gotten them to this point possibly a little easier than I did. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I—I I, I think there there are many times that I think about as I learned. Um, about children and and the culture of childhood and about, um, you know, really getting into a child's world. But there were many times where I I felt bad that I didn't know this stuff when my own kids were growing up. Yeah, thank you for saying that. You know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking even yesterday um, I I teach a course, an introduction to play therapy course at um, SUNY Oswego where I'm a professor, and... Some of the about half of those people in my course are already parents, and um, when we started off the class and just checked in about how everybody was doing, you know, with what they've been learning and practicing, um, all of the people who are parents were, feel, were feeling kind of sad that they wished that they had learned some of these sort of secrets that we know as mental health professionals and um, play therapists, particularly the ones that we learned from children before they were, became parents. They actually were feeling guilty. And so, you know, one of the things I like that you bring out, like you, you still could do a really good job and you still could um, have um, adult children who turned out to be wonderful people, um, <laughs> but it could have <laughs> but it could have been easier. And and I wanted to highlight for the folks listening is that much of this is intuitive. You know, much of what we're going to be talking about, especially when we are talking a little bit later about catch me being and behaving good, is things that we already do. We just never learned the the proper way to do it so that it really will make an impact on children. So nothing that we're going to ask of our audience to try here is anything that's like really like out of this world and um, hugely different. So the major difference about um, these parenting principles is they don't come from adults. They come from um, children. So um, I, I totally interrupted you, June, like I usually do. but um, And I just totally interrupted you. Okay, good. You know, and I think when you said that, um, you know, the the principles, I think uh, um, the way I see the principles as being um, different in the way that they're, they, um, it's a new way of relating to children, Mm -hmm. which I I believe is different because a lot of, you know, parenting focuses, excuse me, on, on changing certain behaviors and, this is just like it's it's a whole new way of looking at children 
um, and and relating to our children. And that different way of relating to our children um, kind of brings these amazing results. And that's you know, I, and I, and I think going back to when my own kids were young, I I think the focus, and I think I focused a lot on their behaviors, and mm-hmm. and when you know when you think about um, trying to get a child to do a certain thing or not do a certain thing, um, if you target a certain behavior, well, then more behaviors are going to come up that you just have to deal with each one of those, and. And it's if you learn a new way of relating to them, they will relate to you differently, which will eliminate a lot of the behaviors in the first place. I hope that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, well, it makes sense to me. And I want to talk about it a little bit more because I think that um, when we're looking for help as parents, which all of us feel like we need, none of us do parenting perfectly. So even though no. I have this like incredible uh, background that, that helps me be a good parent. Am I a perfect parent? Not a chance. And if you want to know, you can ask my kids directly. They will tell you. So um, They will be honest. So, I can vouch for that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely make mistakes. In fact, I make mistakes in my parenting every day. Um, and so um, that's, you know, certainly not what we're asking of people. But I do think you, like, highlight this really important aspect to what's different about this um, blissful parenting is that um, we're, it's not just what that is coming from children. It's that in order for your kids to be freakishly well-behaved and chronically happy, it's not about what you do behaviorally. It's about the relationship that you have with your children. So you'll notice in these principles that although we may give you some techniques or tips or ways of doing things, that it's really about how you think about your children, how you feel about your children, and how you communicate what you're thinking and feeling um, about your relationship with your child. So this is a very relational-based um, way of doing yeah. parenting. Yeah. And so that makes exactly. sense to you. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, exactly, because, it, you know, you do have, I mean, there are strategies and there are behaviors that, you know, you, you get, get, give tips on handling those behaviors, um, mm-hmm. but yet, um, like I said, I, I think um, in the first place, I, I think through it all, you change the relationship because the behaviors are handled in a very respectful, um, you know, a respectful way and valuing yeah. the child as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I that's where all the difference is. Yeah, and and so one of the things that um, folks will notice, especially as they follow along with us, is that when we, you know, talk about a specific principle and give it a name like today's catch me being and behaving good, that's coming mm-hmm. from the perspective of the child. So we're going to continue to talk about things from the perspective of the child because frequently as parents we miss out on that. You know, we understand from our point of view that it's, so annoying and off-putting when our child doesn't um, get ready in time for school, but we don't really think about how stressful that may be as a start of their day. So we're going to really sort of turn this a little bit on its on its side here when we think about what we can do better um, as parents. So let me start off just talking about um, the idea of catch me being and behaving good. And June, I'm going to ask that you chime in at will. Um, you do, you're always such a wonderful peanut gallery for me. So um, please don't. Okay, I'll try this. There's, 
we have a little <laughs> delayed response here, so so it's it's a little bit it's a little bit. I may sound like I don't think I'm interrupting you, but it comes out that way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, so we wanted to. Start, I wanted to start off um, with this uh, of the twenty principles. I, I was trying to decide which one do I really want you to do and get. And which one can I, do I think you can implement into your parenting quickly and easily and will have huge impact? And so typically when people talk to me about their children, and this means the kids that I see for counseling and play therapy, but it also means the children of my friends and family, is they let me know something that they're upset about that happened with their kids. So they point out today... Um, you know, today Claire spilled her, her drink all over the table and it made a huge mess. Or today um, Andrew forgot to bring his homework in and then I had to run up to the school and take care of that. Or um, my older 12-year-old, uh, oh, she's getting so mouthy with me, right? So we hear about what kids aren't doing well. We hear about how they're either misbehaving or, or the, the sort of like wrongdoings of their doings. And so... Um, and kids hear about that, too. So we pay attention to that as parents, and we transmit that message out to the other adults that we talk about. But we also um, show that to our kids, that this is what we're paying attention to. What I'm paying attention to is that you didn't do your homework. What I'm paying attention to is that your room's a mess. What I'm paying attention to is that you're getting sassy with me. Where what we really need mm -hmm. to do is shift that. So we can pay attention to those things, but we also need to, it's imperative that we pay attention to when they're behaving well and what they're doing that's good, that we feel proud of, that we want to brag about. And so um, in preparing for um, this show and also even writing the chapter that's um, about this principle in Blissful Parenting book is I really had to sit and think, okay, what happened over the last 24 hours? If I can, let me see if I can think of five things um, that my children did, uh, five for each of them. So ten altogether. I have two kids. They, I probably should have said that. I have a, a 12 and a half year old daughter and a son who's uh, just about to turn nine in a month or two. So um, anyway, so with that in mind, I, I started to think about what are what are some things that they have done in the last 24 hours. And it, they really came pretty easily to me. My um, daughter had set the table without me asking her to do so. My son um, helped make dinner. Um, I only had to ask once. That's the big thing for them to get into the shower when it was shower time. Um, my son packed his lunch for school by himself that morning. My daughter made her breakfast by herself without, you know, any kind of commotion that morning. So I was really able to um, find ten things, five for each of them, pretty easily. So the first thing that I want to, like, I'm going to ask you to do something <laughs> as part of this show, and that is think of that. Think of what are five things that you feel good about, that you saw your child do, or even just ways of being. I liked the way they played with each other. I liked that they worked on a project um, together on the iPad. They created this hilarious video my kids did yesterday. I even like that they were very affectionate and caring um, to our cats. So it can be sim very simple things like this. So the first thing mm -hmm. that I want you to do is to take a few minutes and think about that. And wouldn't that be nice if people pointed that out to us, June, don't you think? <laughs> oh, <laughs> even as a girl? Yeah, because, and occasionally when you get that, um, it, it's mm -hmm. almost like you go like, huh, wow, 
they noticed that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, th- I think what you're saying is so important. It's almost like training people to kind of like, or or, or training parents um, to kind yeah. of shift their, like um, look through a different lens rather than the lens of, oh, my gosh, what are they going to do that's wrong now? What, am, what are they going to do that is going <laughs> to create, you know, a hassle for me or annoy me? Instead of that, like change that lens and try and find um, even if it's difficult, you might have a kid who's totally out of control, but there's got to be right. something in there that he's doing well. <laughs> yeah. One of my um, mentors, um, her name's Athena Drew, she's a, a very well-known and regarded play therapist. She said um, that if, if nothing else in every single person, every single person has a nice smile. <laughs> so yeah. you know, if, that's, mm-hmm. if that's how you, if your child is not well-behaved yet, and if, you know, you're really struggling to find that, at the very least, you can say that they have a nice smile. And, and um, you know, that becomes, that becomes the beginning of your list. But the way that I think about this is, like, you're kind of like an, a, a detective, and this is the most important case of your life. You have to find things that you um, appreciate and feel proud about and, and maybe even admire in your children. You have to do that. You have to do that in order for the, your relationship to really blossom and have children who want to be well behaved and and make that choice regularly. So that and I think it, and I think it can also in doing that, um, you know, in the in the experience I've had with parents in doing that in kind of um, them adjusting their lens a little bit, it it becomes. Um, like kind of in, in in certain instances, in most instances that I've had, it's become like a, a really like an emotional thing for them because they, um, a few of them have said like I never even noticed that about them, and and I'm I'm yeah. kind of like like they're it's almost like they're rediscovering their child because if they've yeah. been viewing the child through like that, oh my gosh, he's such a pain, or he keeps doing this, and I have no, you know, whatever it is, they it. It's like it's an emotional thing because they re that reconnecting and that viewing them, um, they they learn things that yeah. If they're looking through a different lens, they would never learn. And and I think too, I love that you highlight that because I think that what what happens then is this cycle is that they start feeling better, you know, yeah. they start noticing these things, positive things about their children, their children notice that they're noticing, and then their children, you know, um, increase that behavior. That's, you know, really what positive reinforcement is about. But it also, they feel, the parents themselves feel better about not just their kids, they feel better about themselves and their job as a parent. And I think, you know, both of us could say as, you know, people who, collectively, we've worked with thousands of children over the last um you know, tw- uh, collectively, 30 years um, years almost, is that, you know, one of the things that we can say collectively is that when parents bring their kids to us as mental health counselors and play therapists, they often feel ashamed and guilty and, like, they mm-hmm. you know, they, they say, I screwed up my kid, don't they? And so this gives them an yeah. opportunity to start feeling good about um, their parenting and themselves too, and it really changes. It, it, the impact is very quick, and it changes the whole family dynamic. So it's, it's real. It's so simple, and it's you know, it's not brain surgery. I mean, it's just so it's so such a simple thing to do. So it, it really is. And if and if 
and if parents have the the patience and the willingness to do this, it really can um, not only um, help their child, but it also they they grow. The parent themselves um, grow from from this experience. Yeah, yeah, and and that is um, I can just say in our roles um, as mental health counselors and play therapists and parent coaches, I mean, that's what's so rewarding. And I think that was, like, for me, the whole impetus behind even wanting to do this show is that I can only help directly the children who I see in counseling and play therapy, but but I know we can help so many more children feel loved and respected by helping their parents feel good about their parenting and making some small changes in what they, you know, what they do. And also honoring the things that they're already doing well. And, And I think for those of you who are parents out there and, and listening, is that, you know, that that is part of this, is recognize that, you know what, sometimes I do do that, and, and I've tried that. Um, and we're asking you to really make an investment in it. And it, and it takes, um, you know, there's lots of good research out there that shows it takes about a month, and that means on a daily basis um, of doing something differently to really make change happen. So that's the kind of commitment you need to this to make this. But if one month, of doing this can make you, your child, um, feel better, then then certainly that's, that's worth it. So um, yeah, you, you do have to put some time in. But the other piece of this is um, I, I just wanted to talk for a minute about the behavioral part. And by behavioral part, I'm not talking about the kid's behavior. I'm talking about your behavior as a parent. So what I mean by that is that I can catch my kids doing all these, you know, um, things that I feel proud and good about instead of always focusing on catching them on what they're not doing or not doing well or or misbehaviors. Um, but I actually have to let them know that I've caught them. So, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. one thing to say, like, um, it's so cool that my son makes his own lunch for himself, you know, as a, a third grader in the morning. But to say to him, you know, Andrew, I, I really love that you make your own lunch for yourself in the morning. That's so responsible of you. That's a different story. So you have to really take it to that level. You have to make sure you are communicating that, you know, to your child. And I'll just tell a quick story. I did a um, a practice um, of, for this show over the weekend, and my daughter, my 12-and-a-half-year-old uh, daughter, acted as my caller. And, um, you know, so I said, you know, I, I had her pretend to be a parent, and I said, so, you know, um, what are some things you noticed in your own kids? And, of course, she couldn't answer that question because that was well out of the realm of her abilities to pretend. So then I asked her, were there any things that, things that you wish your parents noticed about you um, that would have made you feel even better about yourself? And um, without skipping a beat, she said, you know, I'm, I'm a good listener to my friends, and I, um, I'd like if you noticed that. And, I, and it was just such this cool moment, cause particularly because we were practicing for this for this show. Um, but even more so because that wasn't something I um, knew or noticed or even knew about my daughter. So these moments create um, even deeper relational opportunities for um, parents and children. And you know, I like that just kept me going all day long. I felt so good not just about my daughter, but how she felt safe enough to communicate that to me. And, and it was just a very, very um, positive experience. So I just wanted to share a little story with you. Um, June, did, did you have anything that you wanted? I just talked for a long time. Did you have anything you wanted to comment on? <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I, I think just um, I, what I what I have also noticed is that a lot of the parents that I I I deal with, they it's um, coming for help is not an easy thing, and accepting mm-hmm. that you need help is an easy thing, and so. Uh, you know, and and I look at those parents as being they're they're brave. They're brave to kind of um, to realize that something isn't going right and to want to make things better. And um, and I and I think realizing as I talk to them, I, I mean, I tell a lot about my parenting bloopers, and I could write a book about parenting bloopers. Um, yeah, because and and I think when they hear about that, I I do this work and I'm a professional, and it doesn't mean that I am any any way that I have done everything right, like you said in the beginning. But I but I think yeah. um, you know, it's it's brave to ask for help, and it's brave even if you don't professionally get help. It's just brave to admit it to yourself and say I'm going to try something new. I need to I need to connect with my children, um, you know, and and kind of help them through this. Yeah, and, and I think that, and and I think that sometimes, um, well, actually, most of the time in the work that we do um, with parents and children is that parents are coming because something is wrong with their child. Their child is, you know, has been violent in school. Their child is um, being being bullied or a bully. Their child is acting out in a particular way. I think most of the referrals that we get um, for children for therapy and counseling are. Um, related to what the child, what's wrong about the child. And so, you know, and and this is where I think we got these lessons from children about catch me behaving and being good is that one of the things that we do, it's actually like part of um, our protocol for working with children is as we're working with them, we are looking for what kind of things do they do pro-socially. Um, so by that I mean, did they share? Did they use their manners? Did they make um, appropriate eye contact with us? And so this is the kind of things that we're looking for as therapists. And as we begin to see that in the child and then say we're able to say to the parent, um, like I know that your um, daughter's been in trouble in school for bullying and she's even bullying her siblings a little, but I, I need to tell you this, that you know, in our work together, she started sharing um, with me, and she's very respectful to me. <laughs> and even though mm-hmm. that might seem like that only happens in that room, now that parent can't say that she's always this way. You know, she's not exactly. always this way. And that, like, you know, sets up this light bulb for, like, maybe she can be like this in other ways with other people in other places. And so, you know, I, I think that's kind of where... Um, you know, we felt limited in our work as counselors. It's like, oh, if we could just help more parents to do some do some of these things that we're helping yeah. the parents kids that we work with do. So, yeah, exactly. So, so we're really lucky, and and I think that's the other piece of it. Um, we talk about this, you know, frequently with the other people who do this kind of work, because we feel so um, lucky to be able to know besides this positive sides of kids, um, you know, that we get to see that as their counselors, um, but that's not limited to us. And so um, my guess is that most of the people listening to this program are listening because they're parents, but this would mean any kind of relationship that you have with a child. It doesn't matter um, if you're a parent or an aunt or a teacher or a coach, that if if you can catch 
the kids that are important to you um, being good and behaving good, then that is going to help your relationship with those children. Well, and I think I think there's a little bit of fear in some parents that if they catch them being good, that that supposedly that maybe it's kind of minimizing the negative. And 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 I know that sounds like strange. I don't even know if that came out the way I wanted it to come out. But it's almost like, well, as long as they're being good, I'm just going to be quiet and hope that it continues. But. <laughs> but that yeah. like that won't make it continue the way that makes it continue and and I think you said it before as adults who doesn't like to be kind of like have someone out of the blue say like wow I really like the way you blah 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 whatever it is that that makes you feel good it makes you feel good not only as an adult but as as a child they shine when they hear stuff like that and it yeah, only yeah. makes them want to continue doing that yeah and I think the other thing is that that's why there's 20 principles and not just one. It's because we're not just saying this is all you have to do because some a lot of <laughs> other people have to deal with, um, you know, they have to deal with what you, how you set limits and how you discipline, you know, um, your child. Right. Those are those are equally, but they're equally important. So we're not saying that only. I want to be really clear about this. That this is the yeah. only thing you have to do. It's one of 20 <laughs> things that you have to do. But this is something that you can get started. You don't need a lot of direction on. We, I feel like um, we gave you most of the directions that you needed with regards to that. But, um, you know, it, this is something that uh, you've probably already done to some extent. And, you know, what um, I'm asking you to do is be more purposeful about that and make sure you tell show, or show your children, um, you know, how much you really appreciate who they are and what they're doing um, when you're feeling proud and um, excited and loving of them. So, um, okay. June, we have like 30 seconds left. Is there anything yeah. else you wanted to share? I know, it went really quick. <laughs> I know. What happened to the time? Um, no, just I, I love the examples. The real-life examples are so helpful um, in the book, and um, just that it 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 really doesn't take an awful lot to help your ch- children and help yourself. No. and that's and that's where we'd like to leave you. See, um, we're going to be talking again next Friday. Tune in then, and we hope you enjoyed our call. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.